0: Normally I try and like, if I get a face from someone, like, uh, I don't know, I just keep talking and try and fill it in a little bit. So I'm getting increasingly better at that, which I think makes it a little easier for people that come on.
1: You're well suited for this. I I am not.
0: (laughs) You're listening to Lead Them To Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Ledum. Hello friends and welcome to this episode of Ledum to Life. I am sitting down I I think Pat, I would call you one of my mentors. How do you feel about that?
1: It's intimidating.
0: Good. It's a big role. <laughs> just kidding. But really, you and Sarah have been so um, instrumental for Matt and I. So, Pat, you are my brother-in-law um, married to my husband's sister, Sarah. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, your family, all the things.
1: Sure. Uh, Patrick Kappel, uh born and raised here in Sioux Falls. Uh, born and raised Catholic. Um, as you noted, I have been married for almost 14 years.
0: Has it really?
1: Yes. To my beautiful wife, Sarah. Wow, and look um, at you guys. Yes, we have five children and one on the way. Ooh. So Isaac is 13, Lucy's 10, Hannah's 8, Levi's 5, Cecilia's 2, and like I said, one more on the way. Which
0: child is your favorite?
1: <laughs> All of them.
0: <laughs> that was a test. You passed. <laughs> okay, and what do you do?
1: So I work for a large health system here in town and I uh, manage a team within their information technology department.
0: Okay, got it. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, I feel like um, when I met Matt, so you and Sarah had already been married 10 years when Matt and I met and um, I didn't marry Matt because of you guys. You were a big, you were a big perk, (laughs) if I could say that. I just think um, there was something so beautiful and attractive and such a gift to us knowing that we were going to have, or that I was kind of marrying into this family that I just really admired and respected. And um Uh, could learn a lot from because you are so open to learning and, you know, open to continuing to grow in your role as parents and all of those things. So um, I'm super grateful for you coming over and hanging out with me for a little bit.
1: (laughs) Very kind. You're a good addition.
0: (laughs) Oh, shucks. Um, Okay. So maybe as a starting point, um, I kind of want to talk about fatherhood. And a lot of this comes from uh, we're here in the Advent season, and Pope Francis just announced that he uh, is making next year the year of St. Joseph. Um, we're consecrating the diocese to St. Awesome. Joseph and Our Lady Guadalupe. So I've just been thinking a lot about fatherhood and kind of what the role of fatherhood is. Um, I mentioned on a podcast a couple weeks ago, this almost seems to be a reoccurring theme on Lead Him to Life, because I feel like the role of a father is so essential and, and often culturally, um, minimized in, in a lot of ways. Um, and so, yeah, I thought I would love to do just an episode specifically, uh, with, another dad that I just really admire that's in my circle of people and that I think lives it humbly and lives it well and is continuing on the journey. So I kind of want to frame this conversation just with that in mind, this, this approach to fatherhood. So maybe an interesting place to start would be, um, I would love to know for you what's been maybe the most edifying part of fatherhood and also what's been the most challenging for you as a dad.
1: Yeah. um, So I think maybe on the positive side first, really, you know, there's obviously when you have young children, there's the major developmental milestones that are always fun to watch. But I think for me, especially now that we have older children, um, it's fun to watch their personalities develop, and mm-hmm. specifically, it's fun to watch them um, start to make their own decisions. You know, especially in Is situations. Is that scary, or no? In in some ways, yes. Okay. I think long ago, though, I realized that our children are their own
0: people, people and
1: they get to make <laughs> their own decisions, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm we're, Sarah and I are called to guide them and hopefully lead them for right. the short period that we have them, um, but ultimately, they have to make those decisions. So I would say, you know. Definitely watching them um, make some of those positive decisions has been incredible. I mean, I have for at least each of our four older children, like one specific, but very small, seemingly small moment that really stands out in my head of just a a very amazing thing that I just, as a father, just loved to see in them. Can you tell me? Uh, yeah. If you have some time for each of their stories, they're kind of, uh, you know, Can give
0: me, give me like one, okay. give me one cool moment. So
1: yeah, I'll start, I'll give my oldest a shout out here. So Isaac, when he was probably six years old, I would say, um, was taking a shower in our basement and I was sitting outside and my wife was showering the two girls upstairs and he came out of the shower and he kind of had a perplexed look on his face and he said, you know, dad, did you say my name? And I, I said, no. Then he continued to have a perplexed look on his face. And then he said, oh, I know. And he pointed up. And here in my head, I'm thinking, oh, you know, the the bathrooms were directly over top of each other. So maybe he heard his sisters or his mom say his name through the, you know, heat registers or something like that. And so that's what I told him. And he said, no. And he goes, I mean, God. And at that moment, I, you know, take a little pause, right? Like, okay, this is a bigger conversation (laughs) than I was, you know, maybe initially anticipating. Um, and he just very frankly asked me, said, uh, dad has, have you ever heard God speaking to you? And again, Ooh. you know, that's a big question, right? Yeah. And I knew six-year-old. that I probably should think about my answer a little bit. And as I contemplated, I just said, you know, Isaac, I, I definitely feel like in my life I've had movings in my heart that have, you know, I've sort of aligned with maybe God's prompting. Right but i don't think i've ever actually heard god speaking to me but i said but maybe that's because i just don't listen well enough wow and i felt like that was in the moment uh, an appropriate answer yeah. to give him and i and i wanted to encourage him i said you know and isaac if you feel like god is speaking to you you know it's good to respond yeah and he stopped and thought about that for a little bit and then he said I know how I would respond, what and I say? said, "What's that, Isaac?" And he said, "Speak, Lord, your servant is listening."
0: Shut the front door.
1: Nope. <laughs> and and I just <laughs> Isaac. Uh, oh, I love him. Talk so much. about a welling moment in your oh, heart as a no parent. Joke. It still moves me to to share that story. Oh, no and, joke. and I I just told him. I said, Isaac, I can't think of a better response. Of a better than
0: that. response.
1: So it's small moments like that as a parent that stand out.
0: Do you? Do you kind of feel like, man, what did we do?
1: Absolutely. All the time. E- it's not us. It's e- It's got to be God. It's got to be the grace of God working through us.
0: Okay. I would love to talk about that a little bit because sometimes I, I struggle to find this balance between uh, I'm the first educator of my child, I'm um, the first disciplinarian of my child, all of these things, right? And yet this recognition that I kind of need to wear loosely the outcome of my child's life. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And so I'd love to know just from your perspective, how you've learned to balance that, because I think it can be really difficult. Like when our child maybe, um, either is having a tantrum or Mm -hmm. later on in life, um, has a a real life crisis or makes a poor decision or whatever to not take to, 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 I don't know, like own that as a parent and yet not. Mm -hmm. And, and this recognition, like our child can make their own decisions.
1: Right. Kind of like I mentioned earlier, I think we, we sort of look at it as um, our children are on loan to us from God. Mm-hmm. They are not ours, right? They yeah. are their own people. Yeah. Uh, so I, we have a huge responsibility as their parents to try to teach them and guide them for the time that we have them mm-hmm. um, under our kind of direct control. Right. Um, but I have to be okay knowing that at some point in life, and of course, even with older kids, it, you know, it happens from time to time where they make decisions that you don't like. Yeah. And how do you respond to that? I also think maybe through the grace of you know God as well in the, in the sacrament of marriage. It's small moments like that as a parent where sometimes you feel defeated in those moments where you just feel like it's not yeah, going totally, well, totally, totally, or you know, it's not working. Yes. And then it's small moments like that that you're like obviously something sticking. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. don't, I believe it couldn't just be through me. Yeah. Uh, so I feel, you know, edified as you said. Yeah. In those moments. Yeah.
0: What a gift. Um, I, I'd love to know for you, you and Sarah have talked about, um, the gift of having a big family. <laughs> Sometimes the challenges of yes. having a big family. I remember like having you guys over for dinner and I was like, should I make, you know, one box of noodles or two looking at Sarah? And she was like, Uh, you definitely do, you know, like just the reality that kind of comes with that. Um, and I'd love to know, yeah, if, if you guys kind of went into marriage knowing that you were going to have a big family, if that transitioned later on in your marriage, or if that kind of came about later on, just as more kid kiddos continued to come, um, or just kind of how your discernment process.
1: Yeah, sure. It's definitely been a development. Okay. Um, you know, we like most couples talked about children, you know, before we got married. I don't know that we ever had a set number. So I grew up um, you know, we had three children in my family. Sarah has four mm-hmm. in her family. So, you know, not small families, but also not, you know, uh, giant families by any means. So I think in my head, you know, 3 made a lot of sense, right? Just because yeah. that's what I knew. That that's was you knew. my normal.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and and I think for the first few kids that we had, that's just that that's what it was. It felt normal, uh, and there was never anything there. Um, I think we've always internally said we're we're open to life, and yeah. that's part of our calling and being married. Um, you know, we got pregnant with our first uh, a month after we got married, and Same. that was not our plan, yeah. but that was God's plan, yeah. as we say. Um, with our fourth child, you know, I think we actually fell into a little bit of like we got very comfortable. Um, after a couple of years, um, we, it was, I think the first time in our marriage where we had, um, no kids and diapers and that's a, that's a big change, wow, right. I when you've been dealing imagine. with that for a long yeah. time. <laughs> uh, and then we got pregnant with Cecilia. Yeah. And, you know, initially which I know the there was five, yes, yeah. was just number five. There was some, you know, just, you know, a little oh, bit gosh. of panic initially yeah. that we for felt for both of you. Uh, probably more so Sarah. Um, I think, you know, in her role, there's a certain, you know, stigma sometimes that, you know, we don't see a lot of big families anymore. Mm-hmm. And obviously mothers, you you yeah. carry that physically, right? Yeah, in a way I've that heard fathers so don't.
0: many moms say that. Uh, so yeah. it's much
1: more apparent. Um, yep. I remember shortly after we found out feeling an extreme peace um, with that. Um, not that I was asking for it, but it just felt very comfortable and I felt very good with that. And um, ever since, uh, you know, Cecilia, I, I tease Sarah a little bit about this. So her middle name is Joy, um, was never my favorite choice of a name. However, it has become so appropriate because really? of the amount of joy she's brought to our family.
0: Yeah, um, she really
1: does. Even with, with our other kids and watching them, uh, the joy that she brings uh, yeah. uh, to our other children. And so I would say... Especially ever since uh, Cecilia was born, Sarah and I have probably been the most open um, to life in, in our entire mm. marriage. And I would say that's probably been the most fruitful time in our marriage. So, for real. Uh, so I think we both have um, felt a certain peace. I mean, obviously God has a plan for us. Um I never if you had asked me a long time ago whether I would be a father with six kids yeah. I would have said you're crazy. Yeah. Um I don't think I'm capable of it but obviously God has a different plan for us and we're open to that.
0: Why do you feel like it's been the most fruitful time in your marriage?
1: I think just it's probably been the most where we've been the most free in, you know, oh. that conversation as a couple and being open to whatever God has planned for us. That doesn't mean it's not challenging, right? For I mean sure. as as, you know, my wife gets older, it's harder um, yeah. to be pregnant and, you know, it's busier and, and the craziness of life steps in sometimes. But um, I, I felt an extreme peace through all of that.
0: That's really profound. Do you feel like, as you were saying um, with Cecilia, with baby number five, that you were kind of given this extreme peace um, even right away? Do you ever wonder if that's, that was God's gift to you as a dad? in that needing to kind of be that, uh, anchor. And, and I'll tell you why I'm asking and then I'll, and then let you answer. I think when we got pregnant with Claire right away, Matt felt extraordinary peace Mm. and I needed that from Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like I think as a, as a woman, as a mom, as a, oh my gosh, this is going to radically change my life in the next nine months and in the next 90 years or whatever. Um, I it, it just was almost like this this clarity that I I've wondered often wondered if God gave him that because I needed it from him and does that make sense So I'm curious yeah. if that's ever crossed your mind with
1: Yeah, I probably never thought of it that way, but I think it makes perfect sense. Um, I, we often talk about the differences, you know, between men and women and husbands and wives and you know what we each bring to that relationship yeah. and the importance that yeah. we each, each of us bring to that, and so. Absolutely. I mean, we we complement each other in so many ways. Uh and so yeah, in those moments, perhaps when that's what my wife needed, mm-hmm. that's what I could provide. Mm-hmm.
0: So having a big family and a big family, I think, is like such a loose relative, term and yes. term, a relative <laughs> term, right? Um, but for for the sake of this conversation, I think people will know what I mean. Having a big family, um, how do you guys, Matt and I talk about this all the time. How do you find the balance between having your kids involved in things and giving them opportunities, those extracurriculars or whatever it might be, sports, arts, etc. But then also, like, guarding your family time and guarding your sanity so that your weeks are not total chaos. Right. How do you guys, how do you literally teach me how do you approach this? Because as we like start to get into that phase where we're going to have a little one that's going to start to be involved in. Yeah. a lesson here or a lesson there or whatever like how do you do it
1: yeah i, I think we're always learning um yeah. i don't think we're perfect at it um i think the key or when it when we've done it well the key is when sarah and i are communicating well mm-hmm. um so that we can keep that pulse together as a couple of when do we feel like we're overboard right or where we're drowning a little bit yeah um, so there have been some times where, you know, just in different phases where we've had to have maybe tougher conversations about, you know, just how many activities can we participate in? And do we have to have a conversation with our kids about pulling back out of some of them?
0: How have they responded to that?
1: I, I would say, thankfully, most of the time it's been well. Okay. Uh, there are, you know, situations, you know, as especially like you said, our relatively large family is, is somewhat uncommon so, you know, it's often, you know, our kids can look at maybe some of their friends that might have a smaller family yeah. and see the things that they can participate in. And I know yeah. that that has an effect on them as well. So sometimes we have to talk about that and remind them of the, as you said, the beauty that you can find in a large family that's yeah. somewhat unique. Yeah. So it's not always easy. Um, you know, things like just recently in the last year, we've always tried to preserve Sunday. Yeah. As a family day. Yeah. Um, and we've had a couple of activities that have encroached on that, you know, with practices and sure. stuff like that. And thankfully, it's been very minimal. It's not like weekend tournaments and stuff okay. like that. That Who knows what the future holds yeah. there. But, um, you know, we have to have those conversations and decide what how do we want to handle that together mm-hmm. as a family. And mm-hmm. it's I would just say it's not easy. But as long as, you know, you and your husband are on the same page, that's where you can succeed.
0: So how do you and Sarah find time to... Talk to each other during the week. You know what I mean? Like that's because if you're yeah running to activities in the evenings and that kind of thing, have you found something that works or like habits Mm -hmm. that you've built in um, that you feel like allow you to stay more connected?
1: Yeah, thankfully um, we've always been very blessed with kids that go to bed very well. Um, yeah. it's not a, a big thankfully not a big struggle at our yeah. house,
0: except for Cecilia, right? Uh,
1: you know, or when she, she was okay. littler for a while, but now it's. Okay. I think we've okay. mostly made it over that. Yeah, we. Okay. Everybody goes through phases, <laughs> okay, right? I, in enough. general, I'll <laughs> say. I just
0: remember at the cabin a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> yes. like Cecilia was not having.
1: She doesn't adjust well doesn't to change, <laughs> 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 but
0: okay, uh,
1: notwithstanding, uh, the really the challenge is on me to not uh, just fall into the you know i'm tired it's the end of the day Uh, i just want to go and relax and so um, when we do it well i have to make sure i have to set enough time aside once the kids are in bed for sarah and i to just sit in our bed and just have a conversation and sometimes it's five minutes and sometimes it's more yeah um but that's the best time we've found to connect and you know, she generally goes to bed earlier than me. So I think that's where I have to make that deliberate choice to to do that. And I, I don't always, right? And right. when we're communicating well, our, right. our family is cohesive. And right. when we're not, you know, right. we feel that.
0: Well, I remember Sarah one time saying that, because you have a, uh, Sarah has a really long drive or something mm-hmm. in the morning, mm-hmm. right? And I remember her saying, maybe it was on the way morning or, or um, after pickup, but you guys will call and talk to each other yes. on your commutes. Yes, we do that. Do you as still well? do that? Yep.
1: We, we try to if, if our commutes if, happen if to align. If they line up. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can call each other and, um, you know, just if nothing else, get the the burdens of the day off yeah. of our chest in that yeah. first conversation. So hopefully maybe we yeah. can be a little bit more open to yeah. other conversations yeah. later on in the day.
0: Yeah. I think when Sarah had shared that with me, um, Matt and I started to just shoot each other a few emails back and forth during the day. Mm-hmm. Cause it was difficult for us to like try and text or right. be on the phone. Like, yeah, we're just, we don't spend as much time on our cell phones during the work day. Um, but to just have an email, like how's your day going? check-in, whatever, and two or three emails back and forth during the day. That kind of came from knowing that you guys would, yeah, have your phone conversation or whatever. Sure. I was like, that's, that's, awesome. that's brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. I think we just need to find ways to continue to connect. You guys should get a hot tub. <laughs>
1: It has been a topic of conversation. There's other things that would have to happen. We kind of have a hierarchy of home projects, and so we're trying to, <laughs> fair, okay, to address them in that order. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> well, when we were talking with Matt's parents when we were out in the hills, because yes. um, I think I might have said this on the podcast before, we bought a house that came with a hot tub, mm-hmm. and it has been the greatest gift to our marriage, sure. especially in the winter, because mm-hmm. otherwise, like it just yeah, it allows us to like be in this relaxed space. We can't be distracted. We can't be on our phones. And sometimes we go in the hot tub and sit and don't talk and are just quiet together. And that's even intimate in its own way, you know? Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, I think every married couple, (laughs) (laughs) if you can should invest, even if it's like one of those little, uh, Inflatable ones. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something. I think Sarah would
1: agree with you.
0: <laughs> I'm very, very pro that, yeah. which I think is, I think is really great. Okay, so is Sunday is your family, your designated family time.
1: We we try to keep it that way. Um, uh, unfortunately, sometimes you know if Saturdays are really busy, sometimes it's family chore time, which is probably not oh, ideal. But the worst. Yeah. Uh, but we try to reserve that day for family. And we you also, do
0: Friday night movie night.
1: We, we yes, we've always tried yeah, we to have a Friday night you too. movie night together. Um, we just found that, you know, by the end of the week, the kids are tired and they're you're just tired. ready Everybody's to tired. just relax for a little bit. And we rotate through the family on who gets to choose the movie. And so everybody nice. feels like they get to participate. Yeah. It's a it's a nice, relaxing yeah. way to end the, the yeah.
0: week. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I just I appreciate the intentionality of that because I think if you're not intentional about it, it, it could easily be missed or everybody would be on there in their own room or watching their own devices or whatever. Right? right. So do you have, what's your, what's your device <laughs> policy in the capital household? Yeah.
1: Um, generally it's a, uh, they don't have access to access to devices unless they get permission from mom and dad. Um, we generally try to restrict it to maybe like Saturday mornings, maybe a little bit on Sunday morning before we go to a church, if they're ready to go um, outside of that, We have, especially with our older kids, right? That's probably where it's more appropriate. Um, It's been a good leverage tool for, you know, are your chores complete? Right. And so if they are and we don't have anything else going on and we don't need to do anything, um, then maybe you can earn a little bit of device time. But I would say in general, we're more restrictive to devices. Yeah. um,
0: Yeah. Which I think is just a good discipline to have in general. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard, but it's a good discipline and a good habit. So um, I was kind of asking you earlier about how you and Sarah continue to prioritize your marriage and continue to connect throughout the week or whatever, but I'd also love to know just for you personally, Mm -hmm. what has been helpful, especially in light of you work full time, your wife works full time, you have a very busy family life. What has been kind of those critical habits for you to stay healthy and for you to continue your own personal growth too. Like it's amazing to me playing, um, uh, Oh, what's the trivia Mm -hmm. with you guys? Because you just know all of these things. Like you're just a studier and you're, uh, um, yeah, a lifelong learner and you continue to invest in your own, um, in your own growth. So yeah, I would just love to know like what that's looked, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, it's, it's been a journey. Okay. Um, I think for me personally, um, finally getting convinced to join uh, the men's group Aha! with your husband has been... It's, who,
0: who convinced you?
1: Uh, I would say it was a combination of your husband and uh, Chris. Okay. Yes. Um, just, you know, I think it was... It, we spent a lot of our early years, or at least me personally, um, when we were married, we had friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a lot of Catholic friends or especially Catholic friends that were really trying to, you know, live the live lifestyle that we 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 hope to. Um, and so I, I think when I heard them talk about this men's group, there was a certain appeal huh. that drew me in. Um, and once I joined, I've been very thankful. I appreciate that time every week to just... Um, sit back, um, you know, relax with other men that I know are trying to better themselves, better themselves as a father, as a husband. So that's that's been very important for me, just a constant reminder um, of kind of what I'm trying to do. Uh, on the other, on the other end, um, I have always found that the better my personal prayer life, the better our couple prayer life, the better <laughs> yeah. our family prayer life, and the more cohesive we are. And I, I. In my life, um, I am a a creature of routine and habit, Mm -hmm. uh, so I have to build those habits. Otherwise, they very easily fall away. And I find that starting my day with prayer when I do that and when I do it consistently and well, um, that changes my whole uh, outlook on the day. Mm -hmm. And it really helps me uh, gather the patience and whatever (laughs) to deal with, whatever comes that day. Yeah. And and I'm also very much a, a person of, you know, sort of posture and location matters in my own personal prayer. Okay. Um, and so I find, you know, quiet places. So adoration, stuff like that are very, I find those very moving really helpful. times of prayer. Yeah. Uh, and so we have this space. One of our many house projects is to complete what was actually framed out to be another bathroom, which we don't need in our basement. Uh, to complete that room and make it into uh, a prayer space, sweet, uh, for for our family to use. And is it
0: going to be awesome? I
1: have. I am. I am a good dreamer, and I can put a lot- I can build the room in my head. Um, I am not uh, a handyman. Maybe like a- your husband, Call is. Call Matt. Uh, yes. He's gonna, have you
0: told him about this? I, I have. Has yes. he already been he's, like he's giving awkward, you ideas? Absolutely. I think I have plenty
1: things. of helpers. I just have to get myself over get, the yeah, hurdle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I <laughs> That's will have to be awesome. This yeah. I can't wait.
0: I'll Maybe once it's done, I'll like share a picture of it on my Instagram for people that are listening to this that want to see it. I think that's beautiful. And I, I love that you're just articulating like space matters, environment mm-hmm. matters. It's just like in our homes, mm-hmm. the homes that we raise our children in, it matters. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it, it makes a huge difference. Okay, I want to go back to the men's group. Mm-hmm. What's been the benefit of sitting with those other men, uh, being around them? being in relationship with them? How has it changed? How has it changed you?
1: I think there's a certain amount of accountability Mm. um, that maybe in this case, men can only bring to other men.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Obviously, you know, there's accountability within your marriage and I think it's different, right? Between Mm -hmm. men and women. Yeah. And so I think it's been helpful to have that, um, to hear other men share their um, successes, to share their struggles Um, and to just talk about those things and know that whatever comes up, whatever it is good, bad, or otherwise, um, it's a safe place. We've built that relationship, um, as a group of men. And, um, I find it just, it's a good, uh, sort of a spiritual reset for me every week Mm. to just know that I have that time to just sit and listen. Um, it's good that it's, you know, late in the evening because, you know, mostly my kids are in bed and it's a pretty quiet time at my house anyway and I tend to stay up later than I probably should so I find it just to be a a good time and I I really look forward to that time every week
0: okay I'm going to ask this for all the ladies that are listening that are like what do you talk about? <laughs> what do you talk about Man, without every, okay without betraying yes. any confidences <laughs> and that sort of thing? Yeah. But what do you talk about?
1: You know, I would say nothing. You know, typically people say you know don't talk about religion or politics. Yeah, we definitely talk about religion <laughs> and politics. Um, and and sometimes it's you know could be we we do some book study. I guess not a study per se, but we might read a yeah. book to have a common theme. Um, we might just oftentimes. I find the most fruitful conversations is when just somebody enters the the time with something that's on their heart and they just share it and that ends up leading the entire conversation so it can be very dynamic in that regard and mm-hmm. just very off the cuff um but I feel like that's when we get the deepest conversations and sometimes it's not always deep and you know yeah. sometimes just you know Guys you need some out. time yeah. Just to relax and talk about whatever's going on. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's it's a little bit of both, um, but definitely nothing is off the table. And I find it, I enjoy talking about those things. So it's nice to have a a place where you have a relationship with people where you can feel safe having those conversations.
0: Do you feel like it's hard for men to be vulnerable? In that, well, uh, maybe not, I don't even say in that setting, because I think, as you said, you've kind of built that up, this this level of trust within yeah. it. Um, but as a general rule, do you feel like as a man that can be difficult to be vulnerable, specifically with other men?
1: I, I think so. Uh, yeah, I think that is probably a natural tendency, especially in this part of the world where men view themselves, you know, you got to be self-sufficient. You've yeah. got to um, have a hard exterior. Um, and while Very I,
0: autonomous culture. Right.
1: Uh, And while I do think there are some beautiful things that can come from, you know, making sure that you can take care of yourself and take care of your family, um, I find it incredibly helpful because it's not something I've always had in my life um, Mm -hmm. to have an opportunity with other men specifically. I mean, obviously, I've always had that relationship with my wife Mm -hmm. um, and that's very valuable, but to have it with other men that I know um, are seeking the same thing. Uh, in life it's helpful to have a place to have those conversations
0: Is it weird to have your brother-in-law in the group?
1: I think initially that was probably a little bit strange and maybe one of the things that I kind of I didn't want to have that weirdly change the dynamic right yeah. having that um because sometimes you know family obviously yeah. is a talking point yeah. so uh, but I, I actually have found it incredibly uh, beneficial to just hear different perspectives, you know, that, you know, Matt brings to the conversation and yeah. maybe how I look at it might be a shared experience. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really admire um, Matt, your husband, and uh, all of the men in that group. And so yeah. whatever initial inhibitions I had um, were quickly uh, overcome.
0: What a gift. I, I always kind of wondered that. And I asked you in front of the several hundred people that <laughs> listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm so sorry. But I just, I, because I think it is particularly difficult to be vulnerable with family, which is just an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. um, because we often bring the, <clears throat> you know, Matt, I think was what, and probably in high school when you and Sarah got Absolutely. married or when yes. you and Sarah met. So, I mean, Matt was, in a very different place in Absolutely. life. And so it's probably just kind of that weird shift of allowing him to become mm-hmm. this peer yeah. really alongside you, which is probably kind of weird.
1: It, it, or it like, is, I'm but glad it's,
0: that it's been freeing. Or yeah, I'm glad that it's been I think it's
1: very beautiful. So. That's so
0: cool. Mm-hmm. Um I know faith was always important to you. Mm-hmm. Has that deepened since becoming becoming a father? Has that deepened with the men's group? What was kind of cuz i feel like there was kind of a shift at some point in yeah. you what triggered that or what brought that about
1: yeah i can I agree it's definitely been a, a growing um desire in my in my life i can think of probably two key events uh, that stand out to me so one I don't know was this maybe eight years ago when our diocese celebrated its 125th yeah, anniversary it's, or of being 2015.
0: Di- five okay, years so five ago. years ago. Yeah, it feels would have like been longer than that, I but think. okay,
1: good. Yeah, and um, in that you know they had all the big celebrations and they had the the conference and they invited um Dr. Scott Hahn, yeah. who's an amazing you know author and speaker. Uh, and I just remember the topic of his conversation were you know we need men to step up. Um, and one of the statistics he shared is of course, you know, um, women play, a a, mothers play a pivotal role in the family and, 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 and faith formation and those types of things. But he shared the statistics that, um, you know, when you comparison to say a mom who is actively practicing her faith, um, and the impact that has on the family versus a father who is actively participating in their faith, um, with the, when dad is in, Doing that, um, the kids have a much higher percentage of of keeping that into their own adulthood. And I know for me, that was, you know, even in that time, you know, it was like that was something I wanted for my children. And so I said, okay, I need to step up, right, personally, um, you know, and... And so that was, so, and you are definitely naturally seeing kids as they start to learn. You're like, okay, I need to I need learn, to learn more, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that really stands out to me, um, it must have, this probably around the same time, maybe five years ago or so, um, it must have been one of those nights where just everybody's tired and it came to family prayer time. And, um, you know, my wife, you basically said to me, okay, are you going to lead us in family prayer? And I must have just been tired and whatever, feeling lazy and just in a bad mood. And I kind of retorted with, you know, oh, I always have to lead family prayer. And for anybody who knows my wife, um, she's incredibly independent um, mm-hmm. and strong mm-hmm. and a free thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, without missing a beat, looked at me and said, yes, you are the spiritual leader or the spiritual head of this family. And to have oh. her say that to me <laughs> unprompted, this is not something oh. we had talked about. This is not something we had discussed. And I said, okay. Yeah, I Holy I, I have to step it up, and so I would say, yeah, probably in the last five years, especially, it's been a, a increased focus in my own life to improve myself.
0: Whoa, sorry, I just like need to sit with that for a hot second. That's mm. a that's a powerful moment for you as a dad. Yeah, and and what a gift that you were able to receive it mm. too, because if especially if you're tired already or whatever, right. But just that real conviction of like, yeah, because you're the spiritual head of this household. What does that mean? what does that mean to you? Cuz we hear that a lot, especially if we're, you know, fairly um active in the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um you know, things we subscribe to, we often hear, okay, men, we need to have you be the head of the household. We mm-hmm. need you to be the spiritual head of the household, and there can be a little bit of resistance sometimes culturally Absolutely. to that, like I ain't need no man kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or whatever. Um yeah. and and I would put myself probably in Sarah's camp of right. being a pretty independent strong-willed yeah. uh sometimes overly strong-willed mm-hmm. um woman so what does that what does that mean to you to be the spiritual head of your household to be the lead of your household in that yeah. way?
1: yeah I think it, to me it's just acknowledging like you said I totally agree it's not about um one being more important than the yep. other but it's acknowledging the differences that each role and and a mother and a father bring to a relationship and you know just whether it was by God's design or whatever it is, there is a unique role that men and fathers play. Um, and, and I think for me, it's easiest to see that by looking at the culture at large and seeing the fruits or perhaps the negative fruits that have come for the de- from the degradation of that role mm-hmm. and how we've seen, um, you know, maybe men not fulfill that role um, either in the family or maybe even in the church, you know, with priests and bishops and shepherds, and how what has happened because of that, and how we need to recognize that. And I see it, and okay, I have a role to play. I've got five, almost six children now. Um, I have to lead in that way, and there is a special role that I play. Um, and thankfully, I have a, a wonderful wife who's supportive and yeah. who helps me along the way. Um, and I, but I, I do have a role that yeah. is unique to yeah. to my place.
0: Yeah. I, there's, it's, a, there's a support and then there's also a permission mm. that I think we as women need to give dads mm. need to give fathers need to give men. Mm. Um, and I'm trying to even think of an example. Oh, this is a silly example, but I'll I'll use it anyways. So Matt and I are um, obviously expecting a uh, baby coming along in in May, and Matt really wanted to wait until Christmas. To, do you know where I'm going with this? Yes, I do. where he really wanted to go uh, wait until Christmas to find out if we're having a boy or girl. And I, like in my strong-willed, independent, whatever, was like, No, absolutely not. We're we're just gonna find out, and we'll hold it in our hearts, and then we can tell other people on Christmas or whatever. And Matt looked at me very sincerely and said, Emily, this is me leading our household. Mm. And this is what we're going to do because what a gift to be able to receive that mm. on Christmas entering into the the Christmas season sure. with that. And I was like, oh, shoot. But I actually needed to give him permission and I was not giving him permission to mm. lead our house, mm. you know, in that way. And don't get me wrong, like we can yeah. debate <laughs> yes. and, and argue it out or whatever, but- so, yeah, it's it's the support and, like, I'm going to support you going to men's group or I'm going to support you, um, you know, going to prayer if you need to or getting to confession on the weekend if you need to, whatever that looks like. But then also just creating that permission where I'm actually going to step back and allow you to lead and allow you to, which which is sometimes hard for me if, because I'm a, I am ai can be domineering or I can have an idea of what I want something to look like, our family night prayer or whatever, mm-hmm. but really stepping back and giving our, our – men permission
1: yeah to i think lead. you know first of all obviously the support has to go both ways right yeah. so i have to offer that to my wife Same, as well yeah. um and you know the other thing that i think of in your in your story you shared um perhaps sometimes what has been lacking is not necessarily always that women have not been willing to give that to men but will, women have sometimes had to just fill in because mm. men have been deficient yeah. And so what first, what you shared in that story is Matt recognized that role and he had to ask yeah. and he had to take that position. So, yeah. you know, first I'm called to, I have to step into the role. Right.
0: right. And it's actually through a mutual surrender to mm-hmm. one another that, that, al- that, that allows to be like, yeah. it's this mutual laying down before one another saying, I trust you. I trust you. and, and then giving each other permission. Absolutely. Well, wow, that's so good. Um, Pat, I could talk to you about a million and one things. Okay, my last question for you. I um, ask every guest that comes on Lead Him to Life if there's a question that you have been pondering. And this comes from my desire to always leave with more questions than answers, um, because I think through asking questions of ourselves, the world around us, and of the Lord, uh, we learn more about who we are and the world in which we live and where we're going. So I want to know, is there a question that you have been pondering? And the only rule is that you cannot answer your own question.
1: Sure. So something I've been thinking a lot about recently. Um, so in the, in the context of this current global pandemic that we all live in right now, right? Um, I think especially in the fact that we're, you know, what, nine months into it. I think initially, I guess to frame this up, the question up, initially a lot of people were just, you know, Okay, we've got to get through this. We, you know, the initial quarantines and stuff like that. Everybody was just kind of, we got to get through it, right? Mm-hmm. We'll get through it. Uh, now that it's dragging on for a lot longer, I think a lot of us are, you know, realizing that okay, what does getting through it really look like? And yeah. it might not look the same. And especially in the midst of surges and stuff that we're seeing nowadays, one thing I've observed is there are a lot of people that are sort of clinging to worldly goods. Um, in the midst of this pandemic, uh, and it, it, that could manifest in lots of different ways, but it could be something as simple as just physical health. And for some people that has almost become a sacred thing that they, that they cling to very strongly. And while worldly goods can be a good thing, right. And we should, um, try to glorify God with those worldly goods, um, I know as a Christian, I also need to be focused on the eternal and not just those worldly goods. And so the question, I guess, I've been asking myself are, what are those worldly goods that I am clinging to in my own life that are preventing me from focusing on the eternal?
0: Whoa. Do I need to break up with Amazon Prime? <laughs> That's literally what I'm thinking about, like like the worldly goods, but also just like that materialistic mm-hmm approach that I think we have especially right now in this season as we approach Christmas this that's like become it can become a comfort Mm -hmm. for us absolutely good question Pat I'm impressed Pat thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your insights friends I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did I would love for you to share it uh, particularly with a man in your life or, um, or a friend that you think would benefit from it and continue to spread the word about the awesome conversations that are happening on Lead Them To Life. Uh, thanks so much, Pat. Thanks we'll see y'all next time.